Hey, it's your host, Sarah Bias, wife, mom, artist, and self-care strategist. Each week, I'll be showing up here to help you create the life you've always dreamed of, all while loving the life you have. You've entered the sacred journey of motherhood, and as moms, it's time for us to start nourishing a vibrant life and committing to joy. I'll help you weave self-care strategies throughout your day, teach you how to spend your day in ease instead of stress, and guide you to create a high vibrational home. I believe we craft our legacy in the small everyday moments, and I want you to look back on your life with a deep sense of fulfillment and gratitude. Because the best heirlooms we give our children are the days we spend loving them as big as we can. Welcome to Heirloom Motherhood. Hi, I'm so glad you're here for episode zero of the Heirloom Motherhood podcast. I am Sarah Bias, and for today's episode, I'm going to share a bit about my vision for this podcast and a little bit about myself. Um, So starting with our next episode, episode one, I'll be sharing weekly motherhood pep talks as well as diving in into what it means to be committed to joy and nourishing a vibrant life as a mom. And for the next 10 episodes, um, each week we'll be choosing an email subscriber to win a $25 gift card. So make sure that you subscribe below and I'll include that link in the description. Um, So now that I've explained a little bit about what this podcast will be about, Um, I'm just really excited to start this new adventure and I wanted to share a little bit about myself and the journey I've been on to starting Heirloom Motherhood. Um, So I wasn't born in Ohio, but I did grow up in rural Ohio in a few different homes, but it was always the same small village of 800 people. My childhood was fairly uneventful, except for the fact that my family belonged to a a biblical research headquarters, Um, and I've never really known how to describe it. Um, Calling it a cult seemed a little bit harsh, but looking back now as an adult, I can see where I had a few similarities and experiences as people who were in cults, the same experiences as people who are in cults. Um, so I, I wouldn't change how I was raised as an adult and my beliefs are a little bit different, but it did shape me into who I am. And, um, I mean, I have pretty pleasant memories and my parents definitely did their best. Um, but it did help me. It did give me a big perspective of who I want to be as a mom and, and what I want to contribute to society. So a little bit more about the Biblical Research Headquarters. It was actually on acres of farmland in our small village. Um, And it was started by a man who grew up in the village. And um, it was sort of like communal living. So there was areas where you could work. And if you lived on the grounds at the headquarters, you also worked there. And the houses there were just like little fabricated houses. Um, We only lived in them uh, from the time I was in first grade until the time I was in fourth grade. And during those years, we also shared them with another family, so which was pretty common. 
Um, so basically there was, you know, six to eight people living in these small, almost mobile home type of deals. And um, so we lived in those until fourth grade and then we moved into town and lived there for a couple of years and then we moved into the countryside um, and that's where I lived basically middle through high school. Um, once I graduated high school, I went to Ball State University in Indiana to get my degree in elementary and special education. And one thing that was always really important to me growing up was children. Um, I remember I went on a date once before I met my husband. And one of the things that I had asked this guy was, you know, what he thought about about eventually being parent, not with me right away, but what he thought about being a parent or if he wanted children, because that was something that was really important to me. And, and he said, oh, no, you know, I can't, I can't handle children. And my honest opinion is I'd much rather handle a child acting like a child than an adult acting like a child. So, um, yeah, I went to school to get my degree in elementary education and special education. And while I was there, my junior year, I met my husband, Tyler, which is one of my all-time favorite stories ever. We were both in the same math class, and we were doing a teaching experience. So he was over in one group teaching, and I was in another group teaching a group of students. And we just looked up at the same time, and I smiled at him. And he turned right away around and didn't smile at all. And I remember thinking, okay, like that's odd and later that day he texted one of his best friends and told them that he was going to marry me and then added me on Facebook later um, and so one of our first dates was actually to one of his really good friends from high school's wedding and then we were pretty much inseparable ever since so we got married we actually eloped um, after I graduated college we eloped in 2012 to Paris Tennessee and we live in Tennessee now um, and even though I had begun to distance myself from my church and college, and, you know, college was just a huge um, culture shock almost because it was so different than how I'd been raised. Um, marrying someone outside my church was sort of like the last straw of separating myself um, from where I grew up. Um, so the story of how I grew up and my choice to marry Tyler, someone outside my church, they all played really important roles in, in who I am today and, you know, the mom that I want to be and the childhood that I want to give my children. And, I mean, I have pleasant memories of my childhood, so it was, it was an enjoyable time. Um, so after Tyler and I got married, we wanted to start our family. And I was born with a congenital heart condition. And um, basically what that meant was that we needed, I needed to go to see the cardiologist to see if pregnancy was something that was sustainable for my body, if it was something that I could actually do. And unfortunately, when I went, the doctor said that he didn't feel like I was in a good place to be pregnant. And ultimately that meant that that we, we shouldn't even try, basically, and that from what he could see, it wasn't going to be something that was going to get better. 
So Tyler and I decided that we were going to pursue adoption, and we did for a little over a year. And honestly, we were just not quite ready for the emotional toll that it would take on us, and we ended up taking a little bit of a break from raising funds. And I mean, that whole year was just educating ourselves, trying to find an agency, and, and raising money so that we could be parents and, and pay for this adoption. Um, so during the time that we took a break, I was really working hard on my health and just getting more active. And I went back into the cardiologist and he said, you know, if you wanted to try to get pregnant, we could, we could try. And I think it's something that we could get through. So we did. And we got pregnant within a few months after he said, you know, go ahead and try. And since then, we've had two successful pregnancies and I now have a toddler who is a girl. Her name is Charlie. And I just gave birth in May of 2018 to our baby boy named Finnick. Um, so moving states away from family as well as separating from our church also meant having to rebuild uh, a support system in the community. So that first year of transitioning into motherhood was really full of anxiety and stress. Um, you know, you're learning to love your new postpartum body in a society that says, you know, stretch marks are not pretty and extra weight is not pretty and you're just feeling tired and your body is doing things that you didn't even know it was going to do or could do. Um, and then I was also beginning my business. I was working from home as well so that I could be a stay-at-home mom. And I was trying to make ends meet with the little bit that I was making from my business. So it was just an overall, um, it was just a huge growing opportunity. Um, but I was also very, very stressed in that season of life. And so part of the reason of starting this podcast is because I don't want other moms to have to feel that way. Um, there's just a lot of worry and looking back now, I wish that I would have taken more time to enjoy my daughter's first year of life because you don't really get those days back. You don't get those moments back. And so my hope is to be able to teach the emotional wellness and self-care strategies that I had to find for myself. About a year after my daughter was born, I reached out and ended up seeking a therapist and a life coach and their their advice and their their knowledge just everything that they gave to me really turned my life around and I was able to turn what was a really stressful season of life into something that I feel like um, went from surviving to thriving and so um, while there will be a myriad of topics that I talk about here on the podcast they'll all have the purpose of filling up your cup as a mom and then leaving you with practical solutions to, you know, organize your life and enjoy your life and be able to be successful as both a woman and a mom. So like I said, the first few episodes here, as I get a, get the hang of what a podcast entails, um, will just be little pep talks and then I'll start diving into the deeper topics. Um, so if there's anything that you would love to hear about or questions that you have or maybe something that you're struggling with too, um, I would love, 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 love for you to contact me and um, hopefully I can make some, some episodes around your questions. Uh, I've provided my email address in the description below too or you can find me on Instagram. 
So that's about all I have for this episode, and I really can't wait to continue this journey with you.